Welcome to another edition of the Born in 87 podcast. So Adam, I, I want to actually start the pod by not directly criticizing the Jets, but criticizing the NFL. Do you want to know why? I, I have no idea where you're going with this. <laughs> so when the Philadelphia 76ers were tanking, and just, you know, openly tanking and trusting the process. I feel like the NBA did everything in their power to make sure people weren't watching the Sixers. Like, if you wanted to watch the Sixers play during that stretch, it had to be, like, when they were playing your local team in your market. The NFL, I feel like, actively this past week made it so that the N- the nation as a whole could make fun of the Jets by sticking, for some reason, sticking that game at 4 o'clock up against another bad game in Tampa Green Bay. It's almost like they just want everybody. It's like we're not we're not just bad enough. The NFL just wants everyone to laugh at the Jets. I like think it, they just wanted everyone to watch the Packer game and they put the worst possible matchup against it. I don't think they wanted people to watch the Jets. It well I mean it was easy to but who would want I mean if you put that game on for a minute you would just turn it off because you were disgusted. Well, but the thing is, at least if it's in the one o'clock slot, it gets buried by. You could like watch Red Zone and like have it buried by like eight other games. But by yeah, putting it no at four, it was from the Jets this weekend. Yeah, none at all. Ugh, it was terrible. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not gonna recap the game this week because I don't think anyone really wants us to. Um, I don't. I don't. I sure as hell don't want to recap you, the game, Justin. You mean you didn't take a lot out of uh, Joe Flacco? Clearly not there being nothing. NFL There's just literally nothing anymore. to get out of these games. So it didn't exhilarate you when uh, Adam Gase uh, decided to kick a field goal down 24 nothing. I think no, that's I what happened. Really, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't care. <laughs> My working theory on that is he's being paid by the organization something extra to actually lose games. <laughs> right? Like, that. that's the only thing that makes sense. Why he hasn't been fired and why he kicked that field goal is he's actively trying to lose. I mean, if he was trying to lose, would he do anything differently? Than what he's doing right now. Uh, he might just be that bad. Which is why we have the following man on the podcast today. Because I, I know he's uh, he's ready to uh, trash the Jets and, and really tra- do some uh, Adam Gay bashing. We have Dan Sesternino with us on the pod. Dan, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing okay. Yeah, you're right. Coming off that awful Jets loss is, is never good. But, you know... This season is uh, just getting started, so I feel like we'll have a bunch of those moments coming up. I'm doing okay. I'm actually getting married on Friday. Congratulations. And uh, I'm excited, so I'm not letting the Jets put me down here. Uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, oh, we're happy to have you on. So uh, what are we talking about this week, Justin? So uh, as we said, we uh, we, de- we definitely want to uh, do some gay spashing, uh, and I know uh, we want to talk to uh, Dan about you know whether or not – I mean, clearly Adam Gase I, th- I don't think is – going to be here long term but you know just wanted to talk some big picture stuff and whether or not joe douglas is the guy for the job also spent a lot of time talking about trevor lawrence and what, yes. what might be happening with that that's probably the, the majority of our discussion today yes but first we got to put dan through the tortured fan corner yes um as adam said uh, one of the main things you've been hearing is that uh you have guys coming out of the woodwork guys like uh keyshawn johnson and roddy white saying that trevor lawrence should return to clemson for his senior season to avoid playing for the jets but and we're gonna get into that but as you said before that dan's going into the tortured uh fan corner so dan what memory have you decided to share with us what painful jets memory do you want to share with the world 
Yeah, I, when you uh, brought this up to me, I know you guys do this on your show. I had a couple of different ideas that went through my head, but um, for me, watching every Jets game with my dad was a really popular thing growing up. Um, and in the mid '90s, the team was so bad. You know, the one and fifteen, the three and thirteen years. But in '98, getting uh, Bill Parcells and Testaverde and going to the AFC Championship game. Uh, I think this one stuck with me the most just because I was so impressionable as an 11-year-old and having a good Jets team. Um, so when the Jets are up 10-0 on the Broncos and my dad is getting all hyped up, how this is going to be our year. And I still have never seen to this day a kickoff that nobody catches and the other team just jumps on. And then John Elway just takes over the game and, and goes to win and then goes to win another Super Bowl. So... For me, that then parlays into next year when it's like, all right, well, we're still going to have a good team. We went 12-4 and four last year, and Testaverde ruptures his ankle. Um, for me, I think that's, that's the moment as an uh, 11-year-old being so excited for football and then you know just stinking again for a solid year. That was my memory, too. There was just so much hope in that season and yeah. Testaverde getting hurt. It was just yeah. it was awful. I don't think I've ever recovered from that moment. Yeah, I mean, we, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we were all born in 1987. I think it's fair to say that 98. I mean, you know, I love the 09 and 10 teams, but that 98 team was the best Jets team of our lifetime, and that's my our, favorite Jet team. Yeah, and hands down. Yeah, and unfortunately, just a theme, you know, rooting for the Jets, Mets, and Knicks. It's like not only do we so rarely get good teams, but we we just never get these sustained runs of success. I mean, it was just like they yeah. had this great. It's team. always over so fast. Yeah, I mean, they have this great team in 98, and then it was just done. I mean, I know they did get back to the playoffs with Testaverde three years later in 2001, but, you know, I mean, that, yes, that was, was over. Yeah, I mean, that 01 team, I think, you know, losing in the first round to Oakland that year was pretty much their ceiling. I mean, that was not a Super Bowl contender. <sighs> Starting with these painful memories is always so difficult. Yeah, but, but um, things aren't going to get much uh, more positive as we go through this podcast today, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, so so Dan, thank, thanks for sharing your memory. Um, that that does tend to be a popular one because I think that again, mo- most of the people we have on the pod are around uh, our age. You know, born in the late '80s, and that was like the first you know jet team we were really able to like sink our teeth into and get excited about, and to be that close to a Super Bowl. And and also the other the other important thing to remember with that is the AFC Championship game was after the NFC title game that year, and after the Falcons had upset yeah. the Vikings. It felt like if the Jets won, they were going to be favored in the Super Bowl against Atlanta. Like they caught the break of having that great Vikings team with uh, Cunningham and Moss and Carter lose, and just uh, to have it just all like ripped away like that in the second half. It's just it's like 22 years later, you still haven't gotten over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, yeah, obviously our our playoff runs are, are few and far between. So the AFC Championship once uh, hurt that much more just because we're we're so close. Yeah. So, uh, again, thanks for sharing. And uh, let's, get into, uh, yeah, no let's get into the topic that has been a, a big point of discussion, both um, you know, in, in local media, in national media. Uh, I've seen all sorts of posts about this on Twitter and Facebook. But uh, and it's the Trevor Lawrence discussion. I, th- I think it's, it's pretty clear now that if there was any question that the Jets were tanking, uh, their actions in the last week proved it. I mean, they, they end up cutting. Are you saying that they cut their maybe best <laughs> offensive player and then traded 
one of their best defensive players for a pick in two years. Is that is that why you think they're tanking, Justin? Because they're just giving away their players for nothing? Hey, hey, sixth round pick is is something. In two years. <laughs> two Tom, years. I would, I've done the same thing. I would be tanking too, but yeah. I don't think they're sending the message to their fans or their, their players that they're trying to do anything this year except for lose games. Yes, and clearly it seems like they're they're trying to lose games because they want to draft Trevor Lawrence with the first pick in the draft next year. And given how many one-win teams there are right now, it, it feels like they might have to go 0-16 in order to do that. Because, you know, whether it's the... Uh, I think two uh, wins will do it. You think if they go 2-14? and 14, uh, You think there's a way this team's winning two games this year? I don't, but... Stranger things have happened. I think I think this two wins will give them the first pick. I mean, the thing you have to remember though is the Jets play a really hard schedule. So in terms, right. I of... think everyone else gets to three wins. Like the Giants will win three games. The Redskins will win three games. The no, Redskins, the Washington Football Team, will win three games. The Jaguars, I think, get another two wins. I I just I just can't believe that. That's the one I'd be nervous be about. Another... Is Jacksonville? Me too. Yeah, but they only think... need two more. That might be a lot. That team's really bad. That's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they they did beat the Colts, which which is uh, a little outside of their range. I feel like and now they're they're I don't know how that happened. We won that knocked out a lot of people in those survivor plays too. My only thinking on that is like we're really just kind of finished with the preseason now, and that was kind of like week <laughs> one of the preseason. Anything can happen in the preseason. Um, yeah, yeah. The Jags have looked really bad. Well, Fair enough. They have. Yeah, they they've looked pretty bad since, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do. Th- I think you're right. I think if the Jets go one and fifteen, they're probably pretty safe for that first pick. Jacksonville will probably win at least one more game. I would imagine. Anyways, though, what we want to discuss is all the, as we said at the top, you you've got people coming out of the world, whether it's Mike Greenberg, Roddy White, Keyshawn Johnson. You have all these people telling Trevor Lawrence, "Oh, uh, you, you don't want to go to the Jets. The Jets are a joke. The uh, franchise is incompetent." Uh, <laughs> you don't want to go. You don't want to go here. You need to stay at Clemson for your senior season and avoid coming to the Jets. And th- what we wanted to ad- address is that, and I don't know how you feel, Dan, but me and Adam feel that th- I, this is just this is just nonsense. Trevor Lawrence is not staying in school for his senior season. I don't think this is something that Jet fans need to worry about we we wanted to uh lay out a lot of the reasons why we think that this is kind of ridiculous uh i guess i don't think it's ridiculous but i think i mean you and i have been texting about this all week and we have some very strong reasons why it's probably impossible or extremely unlikely so we really wanted to make our listeners feel better because we spent a lot of time thinking about some really strong reasons why he, he probably will stay yeah so starting with just some of the really simple ones is that a uh you know, it, do, it doesn't. Justin, you asked Dan what he thought, and now you're just you're running <laughs> over him. Dan, what... I'm sorry. What are your thoughts? Do you think that there is a chance that Justin, Trevor geez. Lawrence would stay for his senior year if the Jets get the first pick? Uh, you you asked, is there a chance? I guess there's always a chance, but I, I I think I do not think this guy, as the prodigy of the NFL or prodigy of uh, college football, will pass up the opportunity to go number one. Uh, it does, doesn't matter who it goes to. Um, you know, you look at Joe Burrow and uh, the Bengals franchise has been a joke the last couple of years also. And uh, he's already starting to like build and change that around or 
Um, you know, how many Browns quarterbacks want to take that challenge? I think I think Trevor Lawrence is is the real deal. I, I saw last week they beat they put seventy four points up on uh, whoever they were playing, and they had the punter in at one point. Um, I think if you're a true winner, then you know enough's enough. You're ready for the next step of your career. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think there's anything left for this guy to prove in college. Yeah, he's already yeah. won a national championship. I think he's the favorite for the Heisman this year. And there's a great chance he's going to win a second national championship. Uh, not to mention, another great point uh, you brought up, Dan, is that, yeah, Joe Burrow last year was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. And there was this kind of, t- I remember there was this talk last year that, oh, not that Joe Burrow had the option of going back to school, but that, oh, he was going to hold out and not sign with the Bengals. Lo and behold, he signs with the Bengals. And just look at the teams that have drafted number one overall the last few years. It's the Cincinnati Bengals, the Arizona Cardinals, the Cleveland Browns two years in a row, uh, the Rams before uh, McVay walked in the good. door. Like, these are not the you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, these are not franchise. These are not good franchises. These are all bad franchises. Well, you have to be bad to get the first pick. Exactly. It's not like like yeah. like yeah sure. Pittsburgh's like the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to need a quarterback in the near future. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be picking number one in the draft. You know, the New England Patriots, if they don't resign Cam, I don't think the New England Patriots are going to be picking first in the draft. Like, it's not like that. You know, you very rarely have the situation like you had, you know, with Indy where Peyton Manning gets hurt and then they get the first pick and draft Andrew Luck. Like, and not not saying Indy is the most competent organization, but well, they weren't back then. They they're way more competent now. Yeah. I, well. But, I mean, even in the Indy situation, I mean, they certainly had their years of incompetence because for years they didn't put an emphasis on the offensive line. They never protected right, Andrew Luck. Saying. Yeah, and Andrew Luck retired before he turned 30. So, the point being is that, right. yeah, if he stays another year, he's probably, I mean, maybe it's not the Jets. Well, first off, it could be the Jets. I mean, who's to say the Jets don't have the worst record in the NFL again next season? I mean, we saw this back in the 90s where the Jets had the worst record in the league two years in a row but i mean if it's not the jets it's probably going to be some other incompetent organization that he ends up That's going to point. and it could be an organization that does not put as much of an emphasis on the offensive line i mean adam i know you made this point uh in one of our recent pods i mean you look at joe burrow right now where is he constantly <laughs> on the ground he's, he's on the dirt <laughs> right yeah yeah I, I think the jets will have a much better line next year next year than uh the bengals have this year um and if i was trevor lawrence that'd be the thing I'd be most concerned about is, am I going to just be on my butt all the time? Yeah. And I mean, it does. I mean, you could, you could certainly make the arguments that the jets have not given Sam Darnold, the, you know, offensive weapons or the offensive talent to succeed. But the one thing I don't think you can argue with Joe Douglas is that he did put an emphasis on trying to improve the offensive line this season. He did. And there's some signs that the offensive line will be good for years to come. Makai Becton looks like a generational player, um, Alex Lewis is under contract. Um, Adogo looks really good. Like they have good pieces on the offensive line who will, I think, be there for a while. So I'm I'm excited by that, and I think Trevor Lawrence would be too. And it's like people always say about the Knicks. You know, someone is going to come and save the Knicks, and they're going to be considered like the hero forever. And maybe Trevor Lawrence wants a challenge. Maybe he's bored from what's happening in college, and maybe he'll come and save the Jets, and he'll be the hero of New York for the rest of his life. People still think Joe Namath is like a god in New York, and that was like the freaking '60s, right? I mean, you come to New York and you win, things will go good for you. Yeah. So before, yeah, I mean, before though, we actually uh, get into the other reasons why we think 
Trevor Lawrence is not uh, going back to Clemson for his senior season. I, I sort of just want to get your take on it, Dan, uh, now that you're on the pod. Like, are, are you in favor? Because, I mean, a lot of Jets fans are divided on this. Like, if the Jets end up with the number one, do you want them taking Lawrence? Or are, are you one of the people that says, you know, trade that pick for a ton of draft capital and, you know, believe in Sam? So when you say a ton of draft capital, I don't think there's anything that you could take. It could be five first round picks. I think the way they talk about Trevor Lawrence is this generational talent that you need to draft. You know, the Jets notoriously are not good drafters to begin with. So I don't care how many draft picks we have. It seems like we always seem to mess it up. Um, I got into a uh, big argument with my brother when the Jets traded Jamal Adams that he said, this is a great day to be a Jets fan. And my whole argument is we never get the pick right. And we finally get this tremendous player and we mismanage him to the point where he has to leave and now we have more draft picks. So that's the problem is no matter how many draft picks we have, if we're not picking the right players, then what's the point? We need to get this guy that can, like Adam said, change the culture of New York for hopefully a decade or so. Yeah, it's a good point. And uh, as you said, uh, you got to get the picks right and it's it's – Yet to be seen if, if Joe Douglas is good at drafting and good at finding talent. I mean, Makai Becton seems like the real deal at left tackle, but uh, at he least does. to this point, uh, the rest of his 2020 draft uh, definitely leaves something to be desired. They, they were all hurt, Justin. But the point is is that... It's not his fault. It's, it's not, way too early to judge the draft class. But the but going back to Dan's point, uh, it's we don't know yet if Joe Douglas is good at assessing talent. I mean, it, he clearly has a plan, which is more than we could say about the last two GMs. I mean, it's, it seemed like John Idzik and uh, Mike McCagnan just were sort of like running around with chick, running around like chickens with their head cut off. They Idzik had a plan. He stuck to it. It was to never spend money ever. Uh, McCagnan <laughs> didn't have a plan. He came in, he spent money, and then he tried to cut cap, and then he tried to like spend like crazy. Like He, he had no idea what he was doing. But Idzik had a plan. It just it didn't work. Like I had a vision. I'm not, I'm not joking. You're. Like, I mean, he he. That was his thing. He was like, I'm never gonna spend money ever. I'm gonna have like the best books ever, and it didn't work. Clearly, he he was so hated by Jets fans. Idzik was ho- so they, hated. They by- had the plane go over his office, right? It said like fire Idzik. That was a thing that happened. That was the best. I really enjoyed that. All right. Uh, we'll we'll get into some more uh, Douglas talk later in the pod, but we we want to get back to our reasons why we think Trevor Lawrence is not coming back. And one, I mean very obvious one is that he would cost himself a year of earnings if he stays another year in college that's another year where he's not earning millions of dollars well he's in never the NFL. he's never getting that back right like you, yeah. i mean i guess he could play it an extra year but i mean that's just money he'll he'll lose and like similar to that like the cap could go way down the next year so he has probably a better yep. chance of getting a bigger deal if he comes out next year and banks that rookie contract i don't think the pay scale is changing for next year, right? I think in two years the CBA may be renegotiated. We could look that up. Um, yeah, but if he wants to guarantee himself a lot of money, come out. He will be the first pick of the draft. Yeah, I mean, especially with uh, you know how much money teams have lost during COVID, and you know teams either not having fans or limited fans. Uh, you know, it, it definitely. I mean, they're definitely taking a hit, and yeah, you definitely could see that uh, reflected in the cap. Um, so some more. I guess uh, in-depth things that we wanted to talk about as to why we're pretty sure he's going pro. So one thing I don't think a lot of people realize is that 
Clemson's backup quarterback right now is this true freshman named DJ Lugalele. Uh, I don't. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing. That's that what right. I would have said. <laughs> yeah, you, Ugalele. I might have said Uigalele. You. It's okay. We're yeah. we're sorry. We don't know how to pronounce your name. Uh, we'll learn because it seems like you're going to be really good. So at some yeah. point we'll know how to pronounce your name. Yeah. Sorry, man. So the point is though, this kid DJ is with a really confusing last name. He was the number it's not one. It's confusing for him. It's confusing for you. <laughs> yes, it's confusing for me. So this kid, he's from California. He came across the country to the East Coast to play his college football at Clemson. He was the number one quarterback prospect in the uh, class, you know, high, coming out of high school in the class of 2020. And my thinking is that if this kid is as good as you know everyone projects him to be he's not choosing to go to clemson to sit behind trevor lawrence for two years like when they were recruiting him lawrence's right to not leave though dj can't like kick lawrence out no but my my thought is that trevor lawrence and when when dabo sweeney was going out to the west coast to recruit this kid to be his future quarterback i'm sure he talked with trevor lawrence and said what you know these are the let's let's lay out these scenarios you're going to be the number one pick in the 2021 nfl draft like these are probably a trevor lawrence recruiting him too right exactly in those conversations exactly don't worry i'm leaving this is your team and and i'm sure he said to trevor lawrence like look let's go through every team in the league like is there any sort of scenario where you would stay in school like if the Jets are drafting first, if the Bengals are drafting first, if the Browns are drafting first, like, let's go through every team. Like, if there's a situation you don't want to go in that's going to make you want to come back to Clemson, let me know because I want this kid to come here, but he's probably not coming if he has to sit behind two, you for two years. One year, sure. Two years, probably not. And it feels like Trevor Lawrence probably gave Dabo Sweeney and this kid DJ, DJ Eula Ugalalele. <laughs> that's a Just fun stop. name. I'll just stop. But I'm sure he gave them every assurance in the world that he has no intentions of coming back for his senior year. I mean, the other thing is you sent me an article today from CBS where Trevor Lawrence (laughs) said this is probably his last season. And he's he's graduating, right? Like he's he's graduating in the middle of the year. So in order for him to go back, he would have to enroll in graduate school at Clemson. It certainly seems like he has planned on, on graduating and leaving and going to the NFL. And I think if there's any sense in his mind that there might be a team that if they're picking first, he wouldn't go, he wouldn't have done all these things like graduating early, having this prospect come in. Um, it just, it seems really unlikely. Yeah. And not only is he graduating early, he's supposed, at least what he said in this uh, CBS sports article that we're referencing, he said he's graduating this December, meaning he's graduating three semesters early. And the reason that's so significant is that He's graduating in December so that he doesn't have to take classes in the spring. Like he wants his clear. That's the sign of a guy that wants his clear focus this spring on the NFL draft. Like he doesn't even want to like have in the back of his mind that like he's got to take some, you know, joke classes just to be like officially enrolled as a student athlete. Like that's, you know, that that's what someone does that just has, you know, his mind completely made up and and like dan said earlier i mean this guy's he's he's done everything there is to do in college like i I just i just can't see him going back just because oh i don't want to play with the jets yeah i think i think the people that are coming out like the roddy whites of the world and saying do not go to the jets 
like like you both have mentioned, everybody you get to the number one pick because you're so bad. Everybody's bad at number one. But you have the chance as a 21-year-old kid to be a god in the NFL. I think I think what he's doing on the college level is amazing. But let's see it on the NFL scale. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and again, for all the people that say the Jets are incompetent, at least he's would be going somewhere that where they're putting an emphasis on the offensive line and they're leaving they themselves a, a lot of cap space. Like in the theory, though, didn't put... seem to have much of a plan. This, I mean, sometimes like the worst teams, like they're just directionless. This team has a, a rebuild plan and they're executing it. I think very effectively. I know other people would, would disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Final thing we want to say about Trevor Lawrence is that, and the one thing everybody points to is that back in, what was that? 97, uh, Peyton Manning could have left after his junior year at, well, the other thing people are pointing to is that Eli Manning threw a temper tantrum and refused to go to the chargers. Right. They, they think that that, I mean, you put that in play together. Like either he, it, it's the same for the jets, right? If he stays right. an extra year or refuses to go, like those are, the same argument. So either one is bad. Yeah. So the last thing on the him going back for his senior year argument is that other than Peyton Manning, most of the guys who have done this before, it hasn't worked out for. I mean, famously, Matt Leinart was projected as the number one pick back in 2005. He stays an extra year, falls to number 10 in 2006. Andrew Luck stayed an extra year at Stanford. He still was the number one pick in 2012, but uh, he ends up going to the Indianapolis Colts, a franchise that never put an emphasis on putting an offensive line in front of him. He ends up retiring before the age of 30. Uh, another example, uh, Brady Quinn back in 2006 could have come out. He goes back for a senior year at Notre Dame. He ends up falling to 22 that year in the draft. Like It just feels like when the guy stays the extra year, he ends up getting well, overanalyzed and falls in the well, draft. Well, Darnold, Darnold couldn't have come out early, but had he, he would have been the number one pick in the draft too. Like his stock went down his his next season right before he got drafted yeah. um, because he threw so many interceptions, which is a trend we've seen <laughs> in the pros for him as well, where he throws a lot of interceptions. Yeah. Or the other thing that could happen is, I mean, if Tua was allowed to come out after his sophomore season, he would have been the number one pick over Kyler oh, Murray. Absolutely. He was the higher oh, he was the higher rated prospect. He has a devastating knee injury. I mean, he still got drafted fifth overall by the Miami Dolphins, but, but that's money that's money he lost i mean that could that's the that's the warning story for lawrence right like i could yeah. stay i could have a horrible injury and then i'm losing millions and millions of dollars Tua gets hurt hurt again and he becomes like a darnold or a rosen and you know maybe he, he how many millions of dollars is, could Tua miss out over the rest of his career yeah, if I, that if that's the case like 120 million dollars yeah. right that, that it's not a joke yeah and there's another thing we've seen a lot in recent years too like twice in the last three years the number one overall pick in the draft was a guy who, going into that college season, didn't even project as a first-round pick. Right, uh, Burrow wasn't projected to be that. Good and neither was Baker. I mean, ba- yeah, and neither was Baker Mayfield. Like those guys weren't projected as first-round picks. They have these unbelievable senior seasons and end up becoming the uh, first overall picks in uh, 2017, or uh, sorry, in 2018 and 2020. Yeah, so we do know that Trevor Lawrence listens to this podcast. So <laughs> clearly, Trevor, you're listening come to the jets it'll be great i gotta say though my my biggest fear is not that trevor lawrence stays my biggest fear is that their their draft pick gets messed up somehow and they don't pick first like that because we've seen that a million times (laughs) and that's the thing that's keeping me up at night yeah so so dan do you uh do you watch a lot of college football or not really 
I do not watch a lot of college football. Neither do we. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I, I, until we get to like the playoff season or the bracket or anything, then I'm then I'm interested. But I really do not watch a lot of college, and I apologize. Yeah, because the one thing I was oh, we don't watch college football. No, I, we I don't. College football is terrible. I think it's boring, and it it's, it's, oh, it's, okay, it's, it's all blowouts. Like I don't understand. The games last like four and a half hours. It's just not. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah. I have, yeah. I have no interest. Yeah. The only yeah. The, the reason I ask is just because. As we've brought up before, if they somehow screwed up and have like a second pick, people do seem to be high on Justin Fields and Trey Lance. So maybe those guys could still end up being good. Uh, let, let's talk let's, about the I other aspect. I want to call some people out real quick, Justin. I'm sorry. I'm in a mood today. Okay. Like all these people saying that Trevor Lawrence should stay in college. These are people just looking for attention on social media. Like that's what they're doing. Like who, this is the first time I've heard Roddy White's name in like a very long time. <laughs> And all these people on Twitter are like, Sam Darnold's better. I'm sorry. You're just also looking for attention. Sam Darnold has not been good. His, his statistical profile is bad. Maybe he'll be good on another team. That's very unlikely. This team needs a change of direction. They need Trevor Lawrence. Everyone's just using this as a chance to get attention. Yeah. I mean, Rather than making the argument that is super clear, take the guy who is one of the highest recruits at a high school, one of the highest recruits at a college, first overall, who's on a cheap deal. It's just... Everyone else is insane. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, at least Mike Greenberg and Keyshawn Johnson have platforms and need to like sort of create oh, content Mike to Greenberg. talk about. Come on, no, I I can't say Mike Greenberg, but I'm saying he does have a show and does have to fill that time talking about things. Where does Roddy White get off talking about this? I mean, has anybody talk, heard about Roddy White since he was probably like on one of our fantasy That's what teams? I'm saying. He's Roddy White's just looking for media attention. Yeah, uh, sorry, this is a super random tangent, but uh, so. Adam, me, me and you are in one fantasy league with our high school friends. Dan, we're in another fantasy league with our college friends. I, I do feel like I am in some sort of weird nexus because I'm facing both of you this week. Oh, that's which is weird. weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Like, like I'm, yeah. I'm staring. Like right now on our Zoom call, I'm just, I'm staring at both my uh, fantasy opponents who I feel like I'm probably going to lose to this week. <laughs> I was just frustrated that I was supposed to get you, Justin, without. Derrick Henry. I was looking forward to having a chance against your your juggernaut, but uh, now you do have Derrick Henry, and it looks like I could be without a couple of my key players. So that's yeah, how we'll fantasy see. works for me. Yeah. Well, Dan should be. I mean, Dan should be more upset. Our, our matchup in our league is a lot more important because me and Dan are both two and four. So that, that that's kind of like a loser go loser leaves town yeah, matchup. Me and you were both in better shape in our league. Yeah, I was zero and four. I'm I'm hot. Oh now. man, did you have someone come back? Who was out? Yeah, I I need. No, and I love my team. I don't know. It's a fourteen-team league. It's it's pretty thin, and I feel like I'm. I have a bunch of depth. I have uh, a team that I like, but I just need Deontay Johnson to stay on the field. He's having trouble with Fourteen-team leagues stink. I just yeah. never feel like I have a chance to win. I guess I never have a chance to it win changed. in twelve-team leagues either. So <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the strategy in, the, in a fourteen-team league, the strategy is always interesting because you just you you have to like know your team like going in like your team's going to be thin. Uh, and just be very like strategic, like with your roster moves, because it's just almost never. Nobody wants available. to hear us talk about our fantasy teams, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a fun random tangent. All right, let's move I, on. I enjoyed it. So, uh, so I know Dan wanted to come on to talk about Adam Gase and Greg Williams, just because you think they're doing a great job. <laughs> Is that why? Oh, phenomenal! Double thumbs yeah. up, double thumbs up for Adam yeah. Gase and Greg the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. So I mean, these guys. I, I mean, I think it's it's at least Adam Gase is is good for uh, for tanking purposes, but uh, might be doing some irreparable damage. So Dan, I, I want to give you the floor and just give you a chance to uh, s- spill your guts about Adam Gase and if you want spill Greg Greg guts. the Bounty Hunter Williams. 
Yeah, no, it's been it's been brutal watching Gase week in week out, and then on top of on top of these embarrassing losses, you know Frank Gore is getting too many snaps. So let's see let's see what we got in Perrine. Um, we go to the press conferences, and after the twenty four nothing loss to the Dolphins, uh, Gase Hat was quoting, uh, you know, I think we did some good things. We can build on that. I'm still not really sure what he's talking about when he says something like that. And I think good for Greg Williams to go and at least call him out that it's it's the defense um, as lack lacking in talent as they are. Um, I felt like they come out and they they've tried like the when offense. Well, just they're looks, trying to hurt uh, people. Though. Yeah. Well, hey, you know if if that's what they got to do to even the playing field, but the offense is so when we when the Broncos game in particular. Um, you know, Sam Darnold's like throwing a pass and they're like, oh, that's incomplete to Cager. And I'm like, who's Cager? And then they're like, oh, caught by Jeff Smith. I'm like telling the people I was watching the game with, I was like, I've been following the Jets for as long as I can remember. And uh, I don't even know the starting wide receivers. I don't know why Chris Herndon can't catch the football. We can't get him on the field. And, and, uh, he's supposed to be this stud coming out of college. Um, it's just frustrating. We are, are so... Yeah. Um, but at least uh, that's fine to lose. But we, we at least got to see what we got in, in guys like Perrine or some of these other guys around. I, I don't know. I mean, you guys don't think Frank Gore um, is going to be around in two years? <laughs> Frank Gore might be in a nursing home in two be. years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our two, the, the focal points of our offense last week were Joe Flacco and Frank Gore. That's just Gore not. Or combined like 80 years old. <laughs> Well, probably like yeah. 70 years old or 75 years old. You weren't that far off with 80. Well, what was that? I think well, Flacco's 35 and Gore's 37. So that's 70, 72. 72 years old between yeah. them. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Amazing. So, so I mean, so yeah. on a, I, have a, I have a similar point. Um, so I, I think the biggest threat to this team is kind of this media story that's happening right now about Lawrence needing to stay. Like just the, the fact that the Jets have become a joke. Um, I think the harm to their long-term reputation from the season is is my biggest concern. Because um, I do, like I said, I think that the other narrative would be, like, think about what was going on with Sam Hinkie and the Sixers. You brought them up earlier. Like, the conversation there in the media is like, Sam Hinkie's so freaking smart. Sam Hinkie's trying to maximize, you know, the future you know, value of this team by getting all these high draft picks, and eventually they'll be really good. And I, I thought that was brilliant. Like, and that's that's what Joe Douglas is doing. But the conversation is not, oh, Joe Douglas is so smart. The conversation is, oh, the Jets are a joke. They have Adam Gase. Um, and I, I, I just think they need to change the media narrative because I think they'll be good next year. And I think they'll be really good in two years. Yeah, and it feels like the longer, though, they wait. Even And the thing is, I, I guess Douglas sees it as uh, Adam Gase helps him lose games, but the longer he waits to fire him uh, – Again, it's it's just more damage, more people making fun of them. It's like just more people saying, why, why is Adam Gase still here? And on, on, on top of it being just a bad narrative, you, you feel like Adam Gase is putting his players in harm's way. I mean, whether or not Sam Darnold's going to be the quarterback of this team next season, uh, he puts Sam Darnold back into a game where he clearly had a major shoulder injury. Uh, you know, in that Thursday night game against Denver, like Makai Becton was only supposed to be used in emergencies, and he brings him in like the first drive of the game. Yeah, it was like five yeah, I mean, in. Adoga got hurt. I mean, that that was literally the situation they were planning, was if their line... I, I don't know if I see... 
I don't know if I see it that way. I I would consider. I don't like, think they should I have done like, it either. But if they say in an emergency, that is an emergency. You don't carry can, like ten well, linemen. But now you're taking a guy who's not 100 percent and playing him the whole game. Like I consider it more like I okay, that, if we're in like oh. the middle of the third quarter, we're winning. We need to protect a lead. We need an extra lineman. Yeah, we need an extra lineman. Let's use Beck. You know, let's bring in Beckton. Or oh, we need the sixth lineman on this playset. Let's bring in Beckton. They had other linemen dress that game. Like. Like yeah, some if this is football. Someone could get hurt on any play. Yeah, I, Justin, I'm totally with you. I mean, to see Beckton come in five plays into that game when uh, then he had to leave the game. It's like, well, now who are we putting in? You know, if they had somebody else to put in to begin with, uh, you know, it's just you don't want to see that from your head coach putting probably your best player on offense on the field when he's hurt. Yeah, a hundred percent. So. Another thing I wanted to ask you, and it, it seems like you've sort of, uh, you're sort of alluding to this, is is Joe Douglas the guy to to write the ship? Yeah, I, I I do think I do think Douglas will be will be a good GM for, but I do think you have to give him some time here. You know, he came in and he and he wanted to address the offensive line, and I think he did that about as the best he could have with a couple of the free agents and then getting Beckton. Um, the, the move I didn't like was the Robbie Anderson for Richard, uh, Perryman, um, who I still think Perryman had uh, a good glimpse of a couple games with the highest, you know, Winston was throwing like uh, a madman yeah. last year. True. And Perryman just fell into that slot where he was now the starting wide receiver after uh, Evans and Goblin got hurt. Um, but, I mean, to Adam's point, we haven't seen Mims on the field um, Perryman, you know, just started to get some burn again last week. There's a couple of guys like Bryce Hall, who, you know, the draft day selections they were really excited about from, I think, West Virginia. Yeah, he was hurt, um, which so is why he dropped in the draft. Him to, and yeah, Davis should be coming back soon, him too. To start. He was hurt also. Yeah. So there's a couple of these guys that, that I think it's too early to even tell if, if Douglas is a good evaluator of talent. But I think he is the right he can be the right move for the Jets. The thing that worries me is you hear how close him and, and Gase are. And that's the the part that if they're, why are they so close if, if Gase is so bad? Everyone can see how bad Gase is. Um, and, you know, outside of the time Gase was working with Peyton Manning, his his offenses have been so well, bad. Th- so Justin makes Multiple that point teams. too. When he was the Bears offense coordinator, they had a really good offense. That was the Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey year. Um, and that's why he got the Miami job. So he actually did have a track record of offensive success outside of just Peyton. Yeah. But that wasn't as the head coach. I, yeah, I, I think it was. No. Uh... Right. I, I hate Adam Gase. I just. No, it's fair point. Uh... But. Uh... <laughs> Those are also really talented guys when you're looking at uh, Cutler and Brandon Marshall, and um, that Bears team should have been better than it was, I, I think, too. Right. Um, but I don't know. You look at the Jets roster, and it's just there. there is no talent on offense. But then uh, the thing I always like to play with my friends is if Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback of the Jets with, with Gase as the head coach and, and the, the offensive coordinator, how many games do you think they win? And I'm still at, like, two or three games. Yeah, there's I no think Mahomes could win ten games it? with like a ten? marginally below average. Oh, well, oh, okay. Yeah, I do. Well, when you say Mahomes? so, you so you say marginally below average. This is not marginally below average. No, no, no. Oh, on this team, I think he'd win six games. Six games. Yeah, I think this team wins like one game. Really, you I, think? I think. I think Ma- I, 
I, I, I think Mahomes is the best quarterback of all time. I you can't Whoa. say that yet. I, you can't say that yet because he's so young. I think I think if you give Mahomes an yeah. offensive line that can keep him upright for three seconds, he can win six six games all by himself. Oh, I would take the other on that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's not there's no one around him. I, Mahomes is is a god at this point, but I still think who someone has to be able to catch the ball and get open. I think we've seen that elite quarterbacks elevate the wide receivers around them. Um, I think about that Denver situation totally where um, was it Jamarius Thomas and who's the guy who went to the Jets? I shouldn't be blaming Eric Decker. On this. Uh, yeah, they were thought of as not Decker. good before Peyton got there. Like. They were thought of as below average receivers. He gets there, they're like superstar, best in the league wide receivers. Um, I think elite quarterbacks elevate the people around them, which is one of the reasons I'm so yeah. down on Sam Darnold. He's never elevated anybody except for uh, their tight end in the first year together. Yeah. I, I, look at, I, I, I mean, don't look know. at Burrow. Burrow doesn't have an offensive line, and Burrow is – he certainly looks like he'll be an elite quarterback one day. I feel like if you're an elite quarterback, you can tell, even if the, the things around you aren't quite as good. Yeah, Burrow has weapons, though. I mean, from Joe Mixon and uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and A.J. Green, I feel like he can throw it, they can run it. That's that's an explosive team. You saw what they could do in the first half of that Colts game this week, and that's a good defense. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd's meh. I like T. Higgins. <laughs> A.J. Green's career's over, and Mixon's never really like performed. At a high- I mean, those are all good, better weapons than any of the Jets have, but I don't think any of them are like super stud, like Tampa Bay. Wide receiver stud. Yeah. It's tough to say Mixon never performed at a high level. He scored like three touchdowns and like 200 yards rushing two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think he's underperformed pretty consistently in his career from expectations. Um, but it's also. Yeah. But this is again the offensive line. I mean, I think one thing to, you know, I mean, I think one thing to consider. So you, you've seen over the last two years with Gase, you've seen like different versions of this team. So when someone not named. Sam Darnold is starting. We've seen this team not even be remotely competitive in the three games that he missed with Mono last year. The team couldn't even remotely compete. That's true. Uh, this year with Joe Flacco, they haven't been even able to remotely compete. Not that they've been competitive with Sam Darnold, but at least with Sam Darnold, they've had drives where they've scored points, which it doesn't seem like they can do with Joe Flacco. It's pretty Flacco. bad when that's your benchmark. Can you score points in a game? Yeah. So... I mean, if Including Sam, if Sam we'll put it this way, if Sam Darnold takes them from not being able to score points to score points, does Patrick Mahomes get them from scoring points to like winning six games? I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting discussion. The point being is that they need they need to get better talent here. But I, you know, I guess it all starts with the quarterback, and Joe Douglas is going to stake his reputation on that because he he's got a plan. He wants to get his quarterback in the draft this year, and then hopefully between his the, you know, the draft capital and the uh, cap space that he's going to have, he, he thinks he can do that, I assume. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this unfortunately, is, there's no wins above yeah, and, replacement and, and, statistic for football, so we can't say like what the, the nerds say Mahomes yeah. would equal. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, so yeah, like, I, I, if I'm correct, well, this this would be the fourth winless team in the history of the NFL, right? Like, I know there was the famous... We're a long way from them being winless. No, but the point being is that, so like the two that happened in our lifetime, I remember like Detroit had the winless season and then, uh, who was, uh, Cleveland had the winless season. And I don't know, it felt like in those two situations, it was just blatant incompetence that led to that. Like it wasn't that those organizations were like flat. And maybe the Browns a little bit were like flat out tanking. Like this just feels like. Well, the Dolphins were tanking last year. It just didn't work. 
Yeah, and this does feel like a flat-out tank job. And sometimes your head coach is so good that your flat-out tank job doesn't work, like we saw with the Dolphins last year. Yeah, they um, end up winning. Gase is clearly not elevating them. This is a really random tan- uh, tangent. So what's up with the the nicknames on Pro reference for pro Football Reference? <laughs> Do you have any idea what uh, Patrick Mahomes' nicknames are? Anyone want to guess? No idea. He's got no, I've never heard this. six. We got Showtime, Magic Man, The Musician, Fat Trick, The Gunslinger, or Mahome Boy. That's none Mahomeboy. of those are real. Those are not his nicknames. You shouldn't be able to put that on Pro Football Reference. If no, literally, no one calls you that. You think anyone like, in Kansas City calls you that? It's, that's ridiculous. Did you say Fat, fat Trick? trick. With, an With an F. F. This is interesting. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I think. I think. This. I'm gonna start I think we've uh, spent enough time thinking about what this team possibly could be with Patrick Mahomes, and maybe if if things uh, don't get screwed up, uh, Trevor Lawrence will become our Patrick Mahomes. But uh, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll we'll continue to have uh, this discussion as the season progresses. I would take Matt Stafford. God, I, seriously, at this point, like, just give me confidence week in and week out. Like, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. So before we get into picks, I, I want to ask you this, Dan. If, if for some reason they just, they don't end up drafting a quarterback this year, I, I think Stafford's an interesting name. Like, like, do you think Sam Darnold has been too ruined by this franchise, yes. or could Sam Darnold be at least like a Matt Stafford, where every at least every week for the next ten years, you know, you're having like a competent quarterback going out there every week? Yeah, so I am a, a big fan of Sam, and I just think that he's never really gotten a chance with talent and wide receivers. If Robbie Anderson was the best wide receiver, and now he's playing uh, the the wide receiver two role over in Carolina, and he's and he's he's doing a good job. But I think we we need to get some type of protection. You know, I was looking forward to having Le'Veon to help him out, and, and that really never panned out. I think Sam is going to be like the Justin Turner of the Mets where he's going to go somewhere else and be a, a, a really good player somewhere. So it's going to pain to watch that for me. But I think, um, I think Sam with a new coach, if you bring in maybe like a Harbaugh or somebody that can work with him, I think it's, it's not too late. No matter where he goes, he's going to you know, have to reset and kind of get grounded. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we all hope- talked about how that being like, Good. Like I don't. I don't want to be pained by that. Like I kind of. I want him to do well. Um. I have more concerns that he will, but I think that would be great if he could revitalize his career somewhere else. I just. Yeah. I think yeah. it's too late here. The, yeah, and the, again, if you and if you're moving. The problem is we're going to go into that. Sorry, Dine. Go. Second, the second contract, and then we're going to be. Pay, we have to figure out how much we're going to pay him. While uh, you know the the teams that win are the guys that have the the short contract for the Patrick Mahomes or Russell or you Wilson. have Russell Wilson you know, on a long-term deal and he's the best player in football. Like those yeah. are the uh, those are the two extremes. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Sam Darnold yeah. is neither going to be cheap or the best player in football. Yeah. Which is why we brought which is why we brought that up before. I mean, you're not only moving on from Sam because you think Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent, but you're also moving on because it resets that quarterback clock and it gives you Instead of two more years at a discounted quarterback rate, it gives you five more years at a discounted quarterback rate. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, Dan, thanks for, uh, you know, all, all your Jets insight. Um, yeah, we appreciate we could, it. We could feel the pain. Uh, but without further ado, let, let's move into our week seven picks. So, one thing we do. We lost last week, Justin. We yeah, we we did. We lost to Lance. Lance won a perfect. We oh. both had good weeks. We both go three and one, and Still Lance goes a perfect. Lost. 4-0. So, uh, he likes expensive beer, so this is going to be annoying. I know. So, Dan, so every week 
when we have our guest on. Uh, if they we tell them if they beat both of us in the picks, we'll, we'll buy you a six pack, which is not voted well for us because we've done this three uh, times so well, far and twice we've had to uh, pay out on the we, six we pack. We haven't done terrible, right? Like we're, yeah. you're 12, 11, and one, and I'm 11, 12, and one. Yeah, and I th- we're both like I said, we're both trending in the right direction. I mean, three in one weeks last week, just oh god. Everyone we bring on is like a savant with the picks. So uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's. Uh, let's get into it so uh the first game we're picking this week obviously the jets game the jets are in buffalo to take on the bills uh this is a sunday one o'clock game and the bills are favored by 13 and a half it's too low uh i'm sorry i think i messed this up on our uh, outline i believe this game uh is actually in the meadowlands not in buffalo but uh and it opened at 10 so it's moved to 13 and a half uh, I saw it today at 13 and a half. So, uh, Dan, you want to uh, take this first? Um, <laughs> for for me to take the Jets, they would have to be getting three scores. Um, I, I'm taking the Bills here. I, I don't know how they're going to move the football. You know, I heard Avery Williamson on the fan talking about how how uh, he's like, oh, we're going to get Sam back this week. And the guy's like, really? He's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, like Avery Williamson didn't even really know. Let's so I'm taking the Bills. Uh, I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, I, I was listening to uh, the Bill, Sim- Bill Simmons podcast with Cousin Sal this week. And I think they said this is like the first time in like seven years a team has not just started 0-6, but started 0-6 against the spread. Uh, until the Jets actually cover a line, or like Dan said, they start making these lines like three scores. I can't take him. I was stupid enough to uh, take the Jets last week thinking Flacco had one week of magic magic left uh, against a a Miami Dolphins team that he's historically owned. I was dead wrong. I shook my head the whole time during that take. That's what cost me a perfect week of picks last week because I was an idiot and took the Jets. Uh, Yeah, I'm taking the Bills. Even though this game is – sorry, this game is in the Meadowlands, I'm I'm taking the Bills minus 13.5. So Sam Darnold practiced today. Um, and next to that Google headline is a Sam Darnold onion article, which is just the best title ever. And it's, it says, Sam Darnold pissed he forgot to bench self on fantasy team. And I think that kind of sums up everything. I'm taking the bills. I would, I mean, I thought this line should be 18. So that's like a ton of free points for me. I'm I'm taking the bills here. All right. So we're, we're, we're all in agreement. We're, we're taking Buffalo on this one. Uh, the next game. We're picking is San Francisco at New England. This is uh, Sunday, 425. New England is favored by two and a half. Um, so New England, uh, obviously, they have they had a lot of players this summer opt out to COVID. Then they had some own COVID scares themselves. They had that Kansas City game move to a Monday night. Uh, last week, um, you know, Cam didn't look amazing. But uh, I, I can't see New England losing three in a row. Like, I just don't see a Belichick know, team losing three in a row. San Francisco's been very up and down this year. The line's only two and a half uh, for, you know, a team that's got to come all the way across the country. I, I got to take the Pats in this one. So I really wanted to take San Francisco. I just, Belichick knows Garoppolo so well. I feel like that that might give him an advantage. Oh, that's he a... might know what Garoppolo's gonna do, right? Like they're friends. Like he he just he knows what he's. I mean, clearly he doesn't know everything about the Shanahan. Well, he might. He's he's Bill Belichick. Um, I really wanted to take San Francisco here. I, I really don't think the Pats are very good, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take New England. The interesting point. Do you think that is this must be the first time Garoppolo's played the Pats since being traded there, right? Like that was not four years ago, was it? 
I believe I believe it's the first time they played each other. Interesting, uh, Dan. Who you got? Remember, he was one? also out that whole first season. So even if right. they did play each other, he wouldn't have played. Right. Yeah, Justin. I, I I like the point you make. I mean, the only Patriots team I like more than a Patriots team that came off a loss is the Patriots team coming off two losses. Uh, just not something you see in our <laughs> lifetime. So let's take let's take New England minus the two and a half. All right. So, wow. So all in agreement here on the first two games. I, I have a feeling this next one uh, we all may shock. be a little more split on. So so somehow in the NFL's infinite wisdom, last time, last week's Jets Dolphins game gets put in the uh, four o'clock window. But this week the undefeated Steelers at the undefeated Titans is stuck in the one o'clock window with like eight other games what is that i don't know and and like in new york we're not gonna be able to watch this game because the jets bills game is gonna be the local game so we're not even gonna, i mean all, all we'll get is uh whatever they show is on tampa Red Zone. playing at one because if they are i'll have to watch it because in new england they always play tampa <laughs> no matter what no it's not a joke they oh they play every single tampa game That's uh awful. i don't know but um at, <laughs> sorry so pittsburgh on the road in tennessee is favored by two and a half adam which way are you uh going on this one i think pittsburgh's really really good i'm taking the steelers i think they're i think they're like legitimate super bowl contenders and i think i think tennessee is playing in all these shootouts and it concerns me about their defense i think the pittsburgh defense is the difference in this game so i think they win all right so uh sorry so so tampa's on sunday night this week so uh, everybody's gonna have in the country you have to watch uh, tampa they are in vegas taking on the raiders uh sorry as far Hopefully. as this game so you said you're taking pitt I was torn on this game. I don't know. Tennessee, with the exception of that Buffalo game, uh, they've had all really close games and wonky victories. But I don't. I don't know. They they seem to have this edge. They seem to be annoyed that uh, everyone in the NFL kind of hates them. Uh, I don't know. They just sort of seem to be the team of destiny this year. They're at home. They're getting points. I- I'll take the Titans. Can you be the team of destiny two years in a row? Were they were the team of destiny last year? I mean, absolutely. They went on that crazy run and then went on a run in the playoffs. They were they were considered garbage up until that run last year. They were the absolutely the team of destiny last year. Maybe lightning. Mr. I, I remember I'm, I'm, everything. I can't believe Tennessee. This. You know what? Ten, I, put it this way: Tennessee is five and zero, oh, and they're getting points at home. So that that that's enough for me to take them. As good as Pittsburgh yeah. is. Yeah. Tennessee, you've seen them do it two ways last couple weeks. Two weeks ago, they beat up on the Bills, and last week they come from behind and win in overtime. Um, you know, that team has a lot of fight. I think Tannehill's proven a lot of people wrong. I like Tennessee, too, with Derrick Henry running, especially Devin Bush now towards ACL. Um, give me Tennessee with the points. Yeah, and also, I'm, I'm facing both of you in fantasy this week, and I have Derrick Henry on both those fantasy teams. So <laughs> let, 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 let me hope yeah, that Derrick Henry runs all over you guys. There are going to be fans <laughs> at the game too, so that that does impact it. Um, but I'm going to stick with my pick. Yeah. All right, so for the final game this week, uh, this is one near and dear to Adam's heart because I know he has strong feelings about both these teams. It's the Battle of Ohio. It's Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cleveland is favored by three. This is a Sunday one o'clock game. Uh, I'll lead us off here. Um, I know uh, it seems like Baker's going to play, but it, it feels like he's he's a bit banged up. Uh, this is the second time these teams have played already this season. The first game was a one-score game. Uh, the Bengals were very competitive against Indy. Uh, you know, obviously blew a big lead, but were competitive. 
Um, I'll, I'll take the Bengals at home getting po- Even though it's only three, I'll take the Bengals at home getting points. The media is insane. I, I know I'm like the 800th person to say that this, this year. I'm specifically talking about the sports media. So a week ago, before Sunday's game, People were like, oh, man, Kevin Stefanski is so good. Baker Mayfield's playing so well in this offense. And now it's like Baker Mayfield needs to be benched. Baker Mayfield's not developing. <laughs> the, the, the Browns are the worst team in the league. We went from them being like this amazing playoff team to being literally the worst. They had a bad game against an elite opponent. I'm taking the Browns. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. I think the Browns write the ship. And I, I think they win by more than three points. All right. Which way are you going, Dan? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Browns. I'm on the Browns, too. I mean, the Bengals last week, they were up 21-0, and they still couldn't win the game. So I think the Browns, at no, at, at any point in the game, even if they're down a score or two, is like, you know, they could light it up with OBJ and, and get right back in the game. So give me the Browns minus the three. All right. Sounds good. So those are our uh, Week 7 picks. Uh, we're all in agreement. We all have the Bills minus 13.5 against the Jets. We all have New England minus 2.5 against San Fran. Me and Dan have Tennessee plus two and a half against Pittsburgh. Adam has the Steelers. And Adam and Dan have Cleveland minus three against Cincinnati, who I took. All right, Dan, you got a good chance to win. Yep. If you go 4-0, you will... uh, You'll you'll beat us. You will beat us. (laughs) So, Dan... It happens. Only four games. Yeah, so this was this was a lot of fun. Thanks for, yeah, coming, thanks for on. coming on. Yeah, and coming on the week of your wedding. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you great. got so much going on this week. So th- thanks for uh, taking the time to come on our podcast. You were great. Yeah, no, best of luck to you both. I mean, this was so much fun. Yeah, we'll guys. have you back on, and hopefully we can, or maybe hopefully we don't see a Jets win. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I don't and know. Good luck at your wedding. Yes, yes. Congratulations. Yes, thanks, guys. Uh, if you don't already follow us on Twitter and Instagram, follow us at BornIn87Pod. Visit our website, BornIn87Pod.com. Uh, Want to let us know how we're doing? Shoot us an email, BornIn87Pod at gmail.com. And give us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Thanks again, Dan. This was, this was awesome. Uh, have a good one. And again, congrats on the wedding this weekend. Peace, guys. Thanks.